Good morning. I'm Pastor Josh. I'm the director of community here at the church. And this is my wife, Heather. Uh, and we are going to be sharing the word with you this morning. We got to share together last week and it went well. So we figured let's try it again, right? Um, we have been in a series called Let Go. And we've been talking about trusting God in our life. Um, and we're going to be sharing this morning about trusting in God's goodness. Uh, before we get into it, though, if you want to grab a Connect card uh, that you received on your way in, if you want to fill that out during the message, it goes in the offering afterwards. And there's also Bibles in the seats in front of you if you want to follow along. Amen. So I wanted to start this morning uh, with a devotional, actually, a kid's devotional. So we got this book for Christmas for our girls. It's called Indescribable, and it's just a beautiful story of how God's creation shows every part of who he is. And, you know, I just love talking about going into VBS. I love our kids, and I love how the simple gospel that they follow, that they love, that they listen to shows God in such a beautiful way. Amen. So we're going to start this morning, and the verse for this devotional is Hebrews 13, 8. It says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Have you ever felt the earth move under your feet, even when you weren't dancing? If so, you might have felt an earthquake. We think of the earth as being solid and still, but in reality, it's constantly on the move. The continents and the oceans of our planet sit on tectonic plates that float on magma under the surface. The plates move and shift, sometimes bumping into each other and other times drifting apart. One plate may slide on top of another or two plates may crush against each other. When this happens, it creates a powerful force and the force causes the earth to shake, ripple, and crack. We call that an earthquake. Earthquakes can cause landslides, tsunamis, and flooding, but they can also create mountains and valleys. A really powerful earthquake can feel a lot like riding an out-of-control roller coaster, but a whole lot scarier. Sometimes life feels like as if you're stuck on a roller coaster. One minute everything is wonderful and you're racing to the top, but the next minute disaster strikes and you're diving towards the bottom at a terrifying speed. Even though your life is constantly changing, God never changes. Amen. He is always working towards what's best for you, whether you're zooming up to the top, coasting through the middle, or plunging down to the bottom. In the middle of this ride, God holds on to you tightly, and he uses the ups and downs of this roller coaster life to create mountains of faith and valleys of rest, shaping the course of your life with him. You know, God is never shaken by what happens to us, the good or the bad. He's always constantly there, and he's always constantly working for our good. I want to share a little bit this week because it was just leading up to, to Sunday. It was just such a rough Sunday. I mean, in fact, the girls were fighting all week. I had issues at work that I had to deal with more than normal. And uh, honestly, before we got here today, I had to get saved again because the girls were fighting so much. <laughs> but... <laughs> In the midst of all that, in the midst of the girls fighting, in the midst of calamity happening at work, in the midst of the earth shaking under my feet this week, God was good. You know, he's good in the little things and he's good in the big things. In the middle of those little things, he calms us, he brings his presence, he brings his presence to us so that we can be at, at peace and be with him. And in the middle of the big things, he does the same thing. He doesn't change. He never changes. His goodness is not something that he does, but it's who he is. He doesn't just act good, he is good. It's the very fiber of his being that we can cling to. 
And today we are going to talk about three areas of life that can get really difficult and how we can trust in God's goodness in all of those storms of life. The truth that God is good is an anchor for our soul in difficult times. Yeah, it is. Um, when I was 12, my family moved from Wisconsin to Kansas to Tornado Alley. And while that might freak some people out, I grew to really, really love watching those storms. You know, we'd get a tornado watch and we, uh, you know, we wouldn't be shaking in our boots. We would head out the front door and we would look up at the clouds and I remember just seeing the, cl- the rotation in the clouds, and you're like, ooh, it was awesome to see. But about, and actually, my dad and I, we would pile in our family minivan, right? And we go storm chasing on our own. Uh, I'm not sure that my mom approved, but we had a lot of fun driving on gravel roads looking for tornadoes. But about once a year or so, we would get a storm that was actually serious enough that we would have to head to the basement. And if a tornado did happen to hit our house, we would be safe because we had a refuge. We knew the safest place in our house to go so that if the storm was raging overhead, we would be safe. And God is kind of like a good basement in Kansas. He's a refuge during the storms of life. Life can be really hard sometimes, but God is always good to us. And when we really understand this, uh, we can say with the prophet Nahum in Nahum 1.7 that the Lord is good, a refuge in times of trouble. He cares for those who trust in him. And Nahum didn't say this lightly. Um, Israel had been split into two kingdoms at this time, and the Assyrian Empire had totally defeated the northern kingdom of Israel and taken them and spread them out across their empire. And he lived in the kingdom of Judah to the south, where Jerusalem is. And they could be next. At any moment, they could be attacked, and they needed a literal refuge. And Nahum wanted his people to turn to God. You see, many of his fellow countrymen had already turned to worshiping other gods. And he wanted them to know that the one true God is good, especially during difficult times. He cares for his people when they are walking through the worst seasons of life. And he is not far from us in our hour of need. And that idea is so powerful. Even 2,600 years later, it gives us strength in the darkest moments of our lives. And and we want to encourage you with that this morning. We want you to be confident that you can trust God in these three difficult situations. And the first one today that we're going to talk about is that we can trust in God's goodness even when life is not good. You know, God didn't promise that life was going to be easy. He didn't promise health or prosperity. He didn't promise even that you would be loved by other people. Life has so many ups and downs and twists and turns, and we can't predict where it's going to go next. You know, one of my favorite books of the Bible is the Psalms, because the Psalmist David was just out there in the open. He just constantly talked about life struggles, but inevitably at the end, or even sometimes in the middle when he was talking through his struggle, when he was singing about his struggle to God, he was talking about how good God was, and what God was capable of, and who God was. 
He continued, even though his enemies were tormenting him, even though his life was swirling around him like a tornado, he continued to remind himself of who God was and what he was capable of. In Psalm 27, 13 through 14, he wrote, Yet I am confident that I will see the Lord's goodness while I'm here in the land of the living. Wait patiently for the Lord. Be brave and courageous. Yes, wait patiently for the Lord. You know, David knew that God would show up. That was not a question. He was confident that the Lord was good and that he would take care of him. But even, in, even though he was confident, he still had to remind himself to wait patiently, to be brave and courageous in the middle of the storm. You know, David was asking these couple of verses, he was asking for God to be known to him. He knew that deep down, if he knew God, if he could catch a glimpse of God's character and who he was for David, that he could be brave and courageous while he waited on the deliverance of the Lord. And while we're waiting, the, the fact that God is present with us in our struggles gives us hope and courage to endure. You know, if someone you love is grieving or hurting, sometimes the best thing you can do for them is just to be present with them, right? So you're not giving them trite statements. You're not um, trying to have all the answers for them, but you're just being present with them. Mm -hmm. And that can be a powerful comfort for people. And it's the same for us in our relationship with God. Just being aware of God's presence with us can bring comfort to us because we know he cares. We know he loves us. We know he's with us and he's good. He's not across the universe somewhere just unaware of your suffering. He is right there with you. He knows everything that has happened to you. And he has promised us in scripture that he would never leave us or forsake us. And so we can always count on him during our trials. And believe it or not, God knows what it's like to suffer. That sounds like a strange statement, but Jesus was fully God, right? He was fully God and fully man. He had a human body. He went through the difficulties that we face too. Jesus went through extreme physical pain when his hands and his feet were nailed to the cross. He was betrayed by one of his best friends and abandoned by the rest. He had a cousin who was executed by the government. And we think it's likely that he lost his father while he was a teenager. You know, Jesus has been there just like you. The prophet Isaiah told us uh, hundreds and hundreds of years ahead of time that Jesus would be familiar with suffering. Isaiah said he was hated and rejected by people. He had much pain and suffering. People would not even look at him. He was hated and we didn't even notice him. But he took our suffering on him and felt our pain for us. We saw his suffering and thought that God was punishing him. But he was wounded for the wrong we did. The punishment which made us well was given to him. And we are healed because of his wounds. And all of those things that Isaiah said about Jesus came true. Jesus knows what it's like to go through what you're going through. You're not alone in it. He is here with you. And he will give you peace and strength through it all. And God is so good, too, that he can even bring good out of bad situations. Sometimes I look at a situation in my life and I say, this is just a mess all around. And there's like, what good can possibly come out of this? But I'm amazed as God works in my life and brings good out of those 
bad situations. And, and he can do that in your life too. You know, out of the, the worst moments of your life, he can bring good. He can bless others and he can bless you. And it might seem impossible right now, but if you follow him through the storm, he can bring good out of your worst moments. Amen. So another area that we can trust in God's goodness in our lives is when people have not been good to us. You know, I don't think any of us have to raise our hands this morning, but I'm pretty sure and I'm confident in saying that probably everyone in this room has been hurt at one point in their life. You know, one of the the people in the Bible that knows about hurt intimately is Joseph. He's often referred to as Joseph of the many-colored coat. And he was one of the favorite sons in his family. He was favored, but his brothers hated him for that. They absolutely hated him, and they hated him so much that they sold him into slavery. And once he was sold into slavery, he spent some time in prison, and he was accused of things that he didn't do. And in all of that, he didn't get bitter. You know, after many years of going through all of these struggles and all of these issues and all of this turmoil, Joseph's life was actually transformed. He was elevated to being the second in command over all of Egypt. And in that time, before he actually was second in command, there was a huge famine that was coming over the land, and he had predicted that famine was coming. And so part of him being raised up into that position was helping Egypt stockpile all this food for that famine that was coming. And so when he was second in command, when Egypt had all this food, all these people were traveling from all over the region to gather food because they were running out, but Egypt had this huge amount. And so in that, um, in that struggle, his brothers actually went to Egypt to gather food for their family so that they could survive. And Joseph finally had the chance to reveal his identity to his brothers. He had the chance to show them what God had done in his life and to bring reconciliation in his family. You know, Joseph got the chance to speak with his brothers, and what he said to them is amazing. He said, you intended to harm me, but God intended it all for good. He brought me this position so I could save the lives of many people. You know, I've often wondered for myself, if I was sold into slavery by my family, I don't think I'd be a very forgiving person. I don't think that I'd be able to let that go very easily. But Joseph really had two choices in this situation. He could... He chose to let God redeem that situation. He chose to trust God and trust that God was good and that he would bring him out of that situation eventually and that, he had a, that God had a wonderful plan for him. You know, the other option was that he could have just wallowed in his sorrow. He could have sat there in prison and just been like, God, you failed me. You let me down. All these other people hurt me and you didn't do anything for me. But he didn't, cho- he didn't choose that way. He chose to let God redeem the situation in his life. You know, and sometimes the danger of, not being, of being hurt is not just that we are hurt, that our heart is broken, but the danger is that we allow that to define us, but even worse, we allow that person and what they did to us to define our view of God. You know, sometimes if we have a parent that hurt us, especially a father, we have trouble seeing God as a father. We have trouble relating to him as a father. If it's a friend that hurt us, we have trouble trusting or confiding in God. And if it's a spouse or someone very close to you, you know, sometimes we have trouble getting intimate or close with the Lord. If Joseph had let that rejection that his brothers put on him define him, it could have changed his view of God. He could have believed that God was rejecting him as well, 
that God left him to rot in prison. But Joseph knew that God was good, no matter what situation he was in in his life. That's right. In the midst of our heart and our hurt and heartache, what we have to do is we have to press into God. We have to trust that God is good, even when we can't see it. Even when our hearts are broken, even when we're full of hurt and pain, we have to know that God is good and that he's going to turn the situation around for good. We have to learn to trust him while we're in constant relationship with him. You know, we can't listen to the Lord. We can't get the healing we need. We can't move on if we're not listening to the Lord and focusing on him. If we don't build up walls, if we listen to the Lord, something beautiful really happens in our life. You know, God not only heals us and restores us in our view of him, but then God can use that pain, he can use that heartache, he can use that thing that you've walked through to help other people walk through the same thing. You know, when you've walked through something, God will guide you on how to help someone else walk through it. God doesn't just want us to grow, although he does. He absolutely does. But he wants us to actively be guiding other people into abundant life in him. Amen. Uh, you know, one of the most difficult situations to trust God in is when God feels distant, right? When you don't feel as close to him as you used to. But we can trust in God's goodness, even when we don't feel his presence. Now, many of us have gone through seasons in life where God feels far away. You can't sense him. You pray, but you don't feel him responding to your spirit. You read your Bible, but somehow it's not the same. And the thing is, God doesn't change. He is always good, even when we can't feel it. The Apostle James tells us about the goodness of God in James 1.17. He says, whatever is good and perfect is a gift coming down to us from God our Father, who created all the lights in the heavens. He never changes or casts a shifting shadow. So every good thing that we receive from our creator is a blessing from God. He is good to us, and that never changes. He is good to you right now. He's going to be good to you tomorrow morning when you wake up, and he will be good to you 30 years from now. So just because we can't sense God's goodness doesn't mean that God is not good. God is still being good to us in ways that we don't even know, that we can't perceive. And I don't know all of the reasons why we feel far from God sometimes, but our walk with God doesn't depend on our emotions. Our walk with God, our faith depends on what Christ has done for us. You know, long before I was ever born, Jesus died for my sins in my place. And he loved me. He demonstrated that love and that his goodness on the cross. Before I ever put my faith in him, before I ever had this sense of being close to God, he was good mm -hmm. to me. And we can count on that even when we don't have those feelings. So no matter what I feel, God has been good to me. He will be good to me. And he will be good to you. And for all eternity. Amen? Amen. So we have to remember that nobody, not even us, can affect the goodness of God. You know, we can change how we view or perceive his goodness, but his goodness is who he is, and nobody can change that. You know, sometimes we put this, we kind of talked about this last week, but sometimes we put this barrier between us and God, and we shut down our emotions. 
we shut down what we feel. That doesn't mean that his presence is anywhere but with us. It's just that we can't feel it. You know, and some, there's can be so many reasons why we do that. Sometimes it's just that we're hurting, that we're in pain, or sometimes it's we're just plain tired. But in those moments, God wants us to press in deeper. He wants our, us to reach out with our hearts, to reach out with our hands, to reach out with everything that we are and just say, God, I need you. You know, when I was 14, I went on a mission trip to Indonesia. God bless my mother. I don't know if she let me go all the way across the world at 14, but she did. Um, and we were there for almost a month. Um, and it was an amazing trip. I saw a lot of amazing things. I saw God move not only in our team, but in the people that we were ministering to. Um, but I was sick the entire trip. And I wasn't just like a little bit sick. Between the food and the exhaustion of traveling all over the place, I was really, really sick. And um, I just I just didn't feel it all the time, you know? I didn't feel that presence. I didn't feel God close to me. About halfway through the trip, I was like kind of at the height of my sickness. I was just done for. But we had this outdoor festival that we were doing in this area that was ridden with witchcraft and just all of different works of the enemy. And so, you know, normally I love those outdoor festivals. Normally I was really excited about them, but I was just done for. I just stood there and I was like going through the motions, you know. There was no emotion there. I wasn't like excited to be ministering to people. I wasn't excited to see people get saved. I was just there. And so in the middle of that, we were kind of in, in worship. And I just, not only was I sick and exhausted, I had this terrible attitude. You know, I was so, I was kind of angry at God. I was kind of like, God, why? You sent me on this trip halfway across the world and I'm sick. I'm so sick that I can't even minister to people sometimes. Why, if you're so good, why did you put me in this position? Why aren't you healing me? I know you can do it. I know you can. In that moment, though, I said, okay, God, I'm done. I need you. I need you, God. I don't feel it. I don't think it. I don't even really want it in this moment because I was so frustrated. But I knew that I needed the Lord. And in that moment, that decision to worship, that decision to step out in faith and trust and act as if God was right there with me, even though I couldn't feel him, was a breakthrough. You know, God taught me the most, one of the most beautiful things I've ever heard about worship in that moment. And it stuck with me my entire life. And God was so good. He was so kind, even though I had such a bad attitude. And not just me. He wasn't just touching me, but the Spirit fell in that place, and we saw amazing miracles. We saw healing. We saw salvation. And we saw the goodness of God poured out in that place. You know, my frustration over my sickness and bad attitude didn't change who God was. And it didn't change what he was going to do either. Whether I had chosen in that moment to surrender to God, it didn't matter. He was still going to come in that place and he was still going to bring salvation and healing. But he wanted me to come along with him. He wanted yeah. me to see his goodness in a new way. You know, when we, when we realize who God is and we let him in, even when we don't feel it, our perspective changes. And we understand that his goodness is not just what he does. It's an expression of who he is, his character and his love for us. And God transforms us. He saves us in so many ways. And when we walk into his presence, that's where we're truly transformed. That's where we're truly changed. And that's when things in our lives are different. You know, one of my favorite psalms is Psalm 116, 7 through 9. 
It says, let my soul be at rest again, for the Lord has been good to me. He has saved me from death, my eyes from tears, and my feet from stumbling. And so I will walk in the Lord's presence as I live here on earth. That's right. Every day of our lives, we can walk in the presence of God. And our soul can be at rest because God has been and God will be good to us. You know, if you've lived more than about one day on this earth, you know that life is difficult. Whether we have been living right or not, we experience seasons of life that are really, really hard to deal with. And most of us have been hurt by someone else along the way. Sometimes we just feel really far from God. But despite our difficult lives, God is still good to us. He doesn't always, you know, fix every problem in the way that we think he should. He doesn't always prevent people from making sinful choices that hurt us. But God is so good even in the midst of it. Our world is a messed up place. Our world is infected by sin. It's not the way that God wants it to be. But God is working in this world for our good, both in this life and in the next, where there will be no more tears, no more pain, and no more death. You know, we've been talking about this morning, and all of you know that life is tough. You know, it's not going to get any better. It's not going to get any easier. But when we keep our eyes fixed on God, it gets a little bit easier. It gets a little bit more manageable. You know, I found that one of the most difficult things for me in the storms of this life is having faith in God, having faith that he's going to come through, having faith that his goodness, that I'm going to see that. You know, but in those moments, I have to let go of my fear and anxiety. I have to let go of my need to control the situations that are bad. And I have to let God in and I have to focus on him. In Matthew, the Bible talks about how much God loves us. It talks about the birds of the air and how he takes care of all of their needs. But yet how much more valuable we are to the Father than those birds. So in those moments where life is just overwhelming, where life takes over and you can't see a way out, all that we have to do is rest and trust in him to take care of our needs. You know, we aren't, definitely aren't going to escape this life with no hurt, no pain. There's going to be something. But God promises that we can trust him even if our heart is completely shattered and broken. But how do we do that? How do we trust God? when it feels like there's nothing left. You know, I think the key is prayer. I think we have to ask God to give us his eyes for the people who have hurt us. Let us see how the Father feels about those people. You know, we can't guarantee that there's going to be reconciliation. We can't guarantee that those, that person's going to come back and admit their wrongdoing. But if we pray and we ask God to see those people how he sees them, he'll do it. Because he doesn't just love you, he loves the person that hurt you, and he wants good for both of you. And when we ask God to heal our heart, when we ask God to see that person for how he sees them, God's going to begin to heal our heart. He's going to begin to put the pieces back together. And it may not just be you, it may be that lifeline that that other person needs to start their journey of healing. You know, no matter what, God's presence is never far from us. Even if we don't feel it, even if we can't sense that God is with us, he is always there. The, 
The word that's used so often is that God is omnipresent. And that means that he is always with us. When the Lord died on the cross, the veil was torn so that we could have constant access to him. And the reality is, as hard as it is to hear this, when we feel far from God, it's not him, it's us. You know, we put this barrier between us and God, but we have to keep pressing in, even when we don't feel it. We have to keep reading the scriptures. We have to keep praying. We have to keep worshiping. And most of all, we have to keep talking to God like he's right there, like he's our friend. You know, and sometimes it feels like when you're in the middle of that dry area, when you're in the middle of that desert, it feels like it takes forever to get out of it. It feels like you're walking and, you're, and God is never going to show up. But he will. Just like David knew that God would show up, he will show up for you. And in the meantime, in that struggle, in that, that just, oh, God, where are you? You will begin to deepen your faith as you step out and you trust that God is there and that God will show up. And you will be building that relationship with the Lord through perseverance, through faith, and through trust in him. You know, there's a lot of situations in our life, and we've talked about some rough situations this morning, but there's a lot that don't seem to fit in that perfect box. They're either a long-time struggle or there's something that hits you like a tornado and you don't know what to do. And it doesn't seem like a simple solution like prayer or talking to God is going to fix it. It feels like you need something right now. You need that answer. You need that breakthrough. And you're just waiting. And you're going, God, where are you? What are you going to do? Or your heart hurts so bad that it feels like it's broken and it'll never be repaired. But what you have to do is just go back to that simple gospel. You have to go back to that simple faith in Christ. Take one step at a time. You have to just pray. You have to trust. You have to continue to believe and step out and ask God to help you. Because in those moments of stepping out, in that safe place that you step into, in that, in that Kansas basement that you're in, God will be there with you and he will help you and he will give you the strength to take one step at a time that you need to take. We want to close this morning by reading an ancient Hebrew song uh, that has encouraged Jews and Christians for 3,000 years. King David wrote uh, Psalm 23, but even in 2019, it reminds us of how good God is to us today. So this morning, would you all stand with us as we, um, as we read through Psalm 23? The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. He lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. He renews my strength. He guides me along right paths, bringing honor to his name. Even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid. For you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. You honor me by anointing my head with oil, and my cup overflows with blessings. Surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life and I will live in the house of the Lord forever. Let's pray. God, we thank you so much that we can dwell in your house.
forever. Lord, that we can spend eternity with you and everything will be made right. But even now, Lord, when this world is imperfect, not the way you have intended it to be, Lord, you are working good in our lives. Lord, you are giving us strength in the middle of the storm. You are a refuge in times of trouble. And Lord, I just pray right now, Lord, that those who are in this season, literally right now, Lord, that you would bring comfort to their spirits. Bring peace to their souls, Lord. Draw them closer to you. Let them be more aware of your presence than ever before. Let them be more aware of your love for them than ever before. God, and guide them through the storm, Lord, and lead them to the other side. God, we pray that you would give them eyes to see the situation as you see it, Lord, and give them peace and strength. You are a good God. You have been faithful. You are faithful. And you will be faithful. And we love you. Amen. Amen.